Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, my dudes. Welcome. It's been a long time. It has. It feels, I know it's only been a month, but it definitely feels much, much longer. But this break was certainly needed. I yes. I really underestimated all of these things that I would be needing to do. And uh, frankly, it was a lot. Uh, I did not underestimate, which is why we took the break. And... Uh... <laughs> No, but it was good. Um, so the wedding happened. I, I am married and I have a new mysterious last name that nobody's going to know. Um, oh, also, uh, my name is Jen. Oh, yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I'm Emily, I guess, today. <laughs> <laughs> still Emily. I'm just still Emily. Who knows? Maybe I'll tra- I'll, I'll, uh, I'll change that. I hear the word, the name Emily is not a super, uh, is not a fan favorite nowadays. Oh, really? Why? Oh, did you... Okay, so there was, like, a big thing on the internet for a while that, like, Emily's were the worst. Emily's oh, do this. Yeah. Emily's do that. So it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe I won't be Emily. Maybe that will change. We'll see what happens. I'm going in for a name change at some point, so maybe I'll just rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> do, the, do it all at once. You know, I'm changing the last name, so I thought I might as well just take care of this while I'm here. Right? Like, you I know, might I'll as well be... just give myself a whole new identity. Your new name could be like Star Capricorn. Star Capricorn, which is not even my star sign. <laughs> yeah, but your first first name Star, last name or Star Wildlife or Star Raccoon. Oh my god, you should change it to Star Raccoon. That would be a cool one. There's definitely options. Um, I'm trying so to think, many options. I know. I'm trying to think of a good one, but I can't come up with anything. See, if I I feel like if I let Andrew, my no husband, which is Whoa! also weird. That's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> but if I I feel like if I let him pick, he would. So he has a, a nickname for me. Um, I don't think you've heard it yet because uh, he really only uses it at work. But he calls me Garlic Junior. So I feel like if he, <laughs> so I feel like if he uh, had to change my name, he would call me Garlic Junior. His last name, which might not actually be that bad. At least it would be cute. You know what? At least it would be accurate, right? So because he calls me Garlic Junior, I've started calling him Mega Onion. It's just you know <laughs> really <Whoa>. cute things. <laughs> I think Garlic Jr. is more appetizing than Mega Onion, personally. (laughs) But to each their own, I guess. Right? It's definitely not cute, but it makes me laugh literally every time I say it. So, so far, it's been good. That's what's important, I guess. Yes. So then, what did you think of the wedding, Jen? Just to give our listeners an idea of how it all went down. Um, I was the maid of honor, so obviously I was the star of the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, no, it was it was a lot of fun. I don't know. We had like a little sleepover with 
obviously Emily the bride, the bride and her other two bridesmaids who are her younger sisters and her mom the night before and it was so much fun oh my gosh <laughs> we had this idea to do like a spa thing because it like it felt like it made sense but we put on these masks and they genuinely looked like just sad sad toilet, Wet paper. toilet paper it was so awful and then every time i looked at my sister like it i literally had the world's worst stomach cramp because every time i looked at my one sister how she was wearing her mask it like kept sliding down her face and it gave her like the world's tiniest mouth it was hysterical and i was crying i was crying so much that like i had like pockets of water under my eyes in the mask hydrating it's very hydrating and then jen took one look at me and like threw her phone across the room and just collapsed on the ground Uh, my my stomach also was hurting so bad that i was just trying to escape and then you came out of the bathroom and (laughs) your face just looked so dumb in this mask (laughs) and i could not keep it together See, and I feel like, I feel like Natalie and my mom looked fine. Like, it was still the same type of toilet paper mask, and you looked fine. It was every time I looked at Abby, I just, it was too much for me. There was, there was just something <laughs> about know. her face. You were all looking pretty freaking wild from my point of view. <laughs> no, it was super funny, though. But then, um, yeah, I'm trying to think about if there's anything else about the the wedding to share with our listeners but no we got married outside and uh, it was a very beautiful day weirdly enough there was so many bees i've never seen so many honeybees in my whole life and uh they were called swallowtail butterflies there was also tons of those and then like when we were exchanging our vows there was like a loon calling in the background which if you haven't heard a loon call before definitely google it it's so beautiful and then, like, two pelicans, like, rode up to the shore to watch. And it, and it was, like, I was, like, listen, I only invited 20 people, like, on this guest list. Like, I don't know where all these animals think that they can, like, join in. <laughs> They're but... going to sneak in and crash your wedding. Like, I didn't invite the fucking whole bee population of Canada. Like, Seriously, get out of here. Literally, there were so many. But I am happy, though, that they were too busy, like, pollinating, so they really did not give a fuck about us, which, I mean, is literally the best-case situation. But, uh, yeah, and then we saw something called a hawk moth or a hummingbird moth, which was also really, really cool because the photographer thought it was, like, a mega wasp and it was gonna get him, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> Very true. But did you enjoy your nuptials? Yeah, it was actually really, really, really beautiful. I think that's the best the best way it could have gone. I think so, too. I think it was perfect for you guys. Oh, yeah, it was really good. I had fun. But since we are doing a episode, should we move on to the questions since I have a story for you? Oh, yes. Let's uh let's get into these questions. All right. I'm interested to see if you'll be able to guess our topic for today. So, the question is, what do you think is the most amazing part about the ocean? Hmm. I mean, it looks heckin' pretty, so that's pretty cool. 
and it has so much biodiversity and is so deep and expansive, which is both cool and terrifying mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh, yep, yep. So, yeah, what about you? What do, what do you think the coolest part? Oh, also whales. Those are probably the coolest part. That's true. Actually, I do really like the whales. Uh, did you know that whales are actually Andrew's favorite animal? Blue whales? Oh, I know. So cute. But, um... Yeah, so I feel I feel like I'm with you on the bio the biodiversity part. There's so many interesting like types of wildlife that live there, and it's so beautiful. And then like on the other end, I also really really like the idea like not so much like the history is in like shipwrecks and stuff, but like also at the same time shipwrecks because it's obviously sad when when a ship is <laughs> with its people Wrecked. is no longer floating. But it's really interesting to be able to like go and like see those shipwrecks and be able to like you know see their history and like all this other kinds of stuff like i I don't know how long ago it was but they did find a it was like a greek ore ship and they were able to find wine still sealed in its canisters like on the ship Ooh, did they did they crack those puppies open i bet they're delicious i friggin hope so (laughs) <laughs> Litty titty <laughs> on the shipwreck Holla Oh hell yeah <laughs> But yeah so uh, that would be my answer Let's spin for our next question What is the scariest thing about the ocean? Honestly pro- For me it's probably how deep it is And how little we actually know about it and what mm-hmm. the fuck is down there? Because everything that we know is down there looks hella spooky. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Uh, and also, also, the bends. The bends freak me the fuck out. The bends? So when you're scuba diving and you, like, go deep down mm-hmm. um, on your way up, I can't remember what at what point it is, but, like, at a certain point you have to, like, wait. 15 minutes in one spot otherwise nitrogen bubbles get into your uh blood and you'll die oh that's not good i didn't even know about that yeah so when you're ascending from scuba diving you have to do it like very carefully and like slowly at parts because of the the pressure difference that is definitely spooky ooky see i actually have a mild fear of the ocean in general so that just adds to my list of things i all <laughs> i already thought were terrifying <laughs> but like i think for me i hate hate the idea of not being able to see what's under you like sw- like the yeah. whole idea of swimming in the middle of the ocean and not knowing what's underneath my feet makes me want to vom. Like, it just, it makes me so <laughs> anxious. And then, like, or, like, the dark, like, say, not, like, the dark part of it, but it's it's still, like, the not being able to see, like, what's under you or, like, around you. Or I've always been really afraid of, like, um the undertoes or, like, the, the currents that run under the water. Because, like, I don't remember what it was, but I remember my parents sharing a story with me when I was a kid about uh somebody being out in the ocean or out yeah like out like out somewhere and they they looked like they were fine but they had actually gotten caught in an undertow and they were literally being pulled out to sea and they couldn't fight it everybody thought that they were fine and they were they were just swimming and like trying to get back to shore but they were literally caught and like trying to like get back to shore and then they drowned so that's cool Ooh, i i i hate that 
Yeah, so that is also something I'm uh, very not a fan of. Um, would greatly love to avoid that. Uh, and I don't know. Like I said, I feel like there's lots of lots of spooky things. I also really don't like tiger sharks specifically because they will eat anything. They have found tiger. <laughs> they have found tiger sharks in the past that literally have their like stomachs full of like tires from like vehicles and stuff like that. They will eat literally anything. Well then, they sound uh, like not the kind of shark I want to be friends with. Nope, I don't like them. I don't like goblin sharks, and I don't like saw sharks. I went through a phase where I was reading up on sharks a lot, but it wasn't out of interest. It was more out of like morbid curiosity. <laughs> fear (laughs) what am i afraid of hmm let's google hmm let's take a look (laughs) (laughs) let's make a list right of everything i'm afraid of okay number one goblin shark (laughs) number two tiger shark number three number three (laughs) right star shark fun fun stuff but let's spin for our next question you could be a sea creature which one would you be hmm probably like a killer whale all right all right you know dominating the seas i see you they're they're intimidating but also they're kind of cute they are kind of cute See, that's the whole thing. It's like, I would never really want to, like, if I was out in, like, my mental picture of swimming in the ocean, not knowing what's beneath my feet, I would really hate it if a killer whale was anywhere near me at that point. Uh, But I don't mind, like, seeing them at the, like, aquariums and stuff. They're pretty. Um, You know? Or maybe a penguin. Do they count? Sure. <laughs> not, not really. I, I don't know. I like sure. thought about that, and I was like, I guess they could be like semi aquatic. I, I <laughs> like, I, I don't know. They're near water. <laughs> they've been in water before. This is fine. I'm pretty sure they've been in water before. I can like almost guarantee it. Yeah. Right. Um. I don't know. See, for me, I feel like my, like, immediate answer is, like, dolphin, because they look like they can go pretty fast. Okay, but dolphins are rapists. I'm just gonna put that out there. What are they, like, oh, they do rape fish. You know what? Also people. <laughs> they there's What? Yes, there's a certain number of people who every year are raped by dolphins. What? <laughs> yes, you haven't heard about this? How? Are they not in swimming suits? Why is the dolphin's penis near them? I I don't know. Apparently it happens a lot at like those tourist attractions where people can go swim with dolphins. Oh no. Okay, I take it back. Never mind. Fuck those dolphins. <laughs> I don't want them anymore. Um <laughs> You should look into this. See That's like oh, I'm pretty sure there was like a study done at some point too where there was like a weird thing. Where this, like, lady scientist had to, like, jerk off a dolphin for science. And then... <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Hey. No, listen. <laughs> I, I know which one you're talking about. And that <laughs> was not for science. That lady was just weird. <laughs> well, like, all I remember is that, like, from what I remember, I thought it was for science. But she was, like, talking about it. And she was like, yeah. And then when the study ended, he was so depressed, he killed himself. And I was like... Um, 
Um, <laughs> I feel like there's some moral boundaries that have been crossed here. Some ethical <laughs> boundaries as well. I would agree. 100%. (laughs) The lines were crossed. Okay, at this rate, I don't feel like there's anything good to be in the ocean. Maybe a whale? Yeah, see, I feel like whales are the coolest sea creature. Oh, for sure. And then all they do is eat plankton, which, like, I love seafood, so maybe I'll just be a whale. Yeah. Or you could be one of those, like, creepy angler fish. See, it does sound tempting, but I recently learned that how they mate is, so the big, ang- so the anglerfish you're thinking of with like the little like dangly bit on their head, that's the female. Mm-hmm. The males are actually like really, really small and they have like a, like a round mouth that's like bleh. And then they swim up to the female and they're like, hey bitch, what's up? And she's like, oh, okay. And then he'll like glom onto her and like fuse into her body and that's how she gets inseminated ew so i don't love that (laughs) okay well i would be an anglerfish if i could you know choose to be like just like the cool aunt to never have kids of my own you know (laughs) abstain if i could just eat all the men who try to like do anything with me that would be great (laughs) that's my plan okay guys right here first but no i actually do like your uh your your thought process i would want to be some type of deep sea creature because even though they all look spooky they're like kind of cool at the same time they are cool. They, they're they very, in, like, I don't know. The deep sea creatures, like, it's so interesting every time we find a new one because mm-hmm. they're just, they look so strange and spooky see? and it's fascinating. Well, that's, like, so apparently, uh, th- so I read this article once and it was, like, uh, uh, scientist, uh, scientists apologize to the blobfish. And I was, like, what could this be about? But you know the blobfish, right? It's, like, that really... A fugly thing that has like a forever <laughs> frown <laughs> yes yeah so it's a deep sea creature and they figured out that they don't actually look like that it turns out that their skin literally explodes from depressurizing when they yank it up from the deep sea they actually look like a normal a normal quote-unquote fish when they're in like the deep sea it's because we literally kill them and blow them up when we pull them up oh well that's rude of us Uh, that's what i'm saying and this is why the scientists have to apologize and they should because everyone's like ew so ugly and literally listen (laughs) you gave me the bends and you blew up my skin (laughs) listen guys you can't call me ugly after you made me this way (laughs) Like, I was fine before you intervened. They're like, listen, I was like world's most handsome undersea fish, and then you had to come in here and ruin that for me. You made me look like a fool, and I'm not happy about it. And that's on you. Exactly. So let's spin for our last question. So this actually already we kind of answered. Uh, It's what is the most interesting sea creature that you know of? I do feel like it's like one of the deep sea creatures, probably an anglerfish, because that's the one I know the most about from the Mm -hmm. deep sea. Um, Specifically the females, I guess, because I did not know about these weird ass little little Little, man. Little parasitic men (laughs) that show up. (laughs) At least we know... Some things are the same. Some things never change. And in the deep, <laughs> and in the deep sea. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, see, I, I'm still sticking with the deep sea one, but uh, I was just thinking that for, like, a new creature to talk about, have you ever seen those pictures of the deep sea creatures that are that look like fruit roll-ups? I don't think I have. So I'm trying to remember if I'm actually remembering this properly, but basically they are, like, wrapped up like a fruit roll-up. But they have, like, um, so their mouths can open really, really wide. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, they have really thin skin from, like, the tips of their jaws down to, like, the middle of their body. So when they're rolled up, you can't really, like, they don't look like much of a predator. But then when they spot something to eat, they'll unroll and their jaws will open up and their jaws are humongous. Well, that's fucking terrifying. Isn't it? But, like, kind of cute at the same time. Like, if I could turn myself into fruit roll-up from, like, time to time, like, it would make, <laughs> it would make like, sleepover so much easier. And then when you see a parasitic little man, you could just open up and... <laughs> Get in. Yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, egg. Exactly. All right. So, from these questions that I've asked you, can you figure out what our story is for today? I feel like we are going to be either talking about a shipwreck or some spookity ookity deep sea creature. All right. Are you ready for my description? I'm ready. The Kraken (laughs) is a legendary (laughs) sea monster of gigantic size and slep- slep- sep- cephalopod, oh my goodness, like appearance in Scandinavian folklore. Okay, this is off to a bad start. According to the Norse sagas, the kraken dwells off the coasts of Norway and Greenland and terrorizes nearby sailors. Authors over the years have postulated that the legend may have originated from sightings of giant squids, that may grow to be about 13 to 15 meters, so that's around 40 to 50 feet in length, and the sheer size and fearsome appearance attributed to the Kraken may have made it common ocean-dwelling monster for various fictional works. The Kraken has been the focus of many sailors uh, uh, passing through the North Atlantic, and especially sailors of the Nordic countries. Throughout the centuries, the Kraken has been a staple of sailors' superstitions and mythos. Wow, I mean, I would be afraid of the Kraken, personally. Right? And, like, I don't know, it's interesting, though, because uh, what got me to make this story is that uh, people were hypothesizing, like, what I just told you, where the legends of the Kraken may have originally just come from people seeing giant squids washed up on the shore, and they're like, oh my god, it's the Kraken! (laughs) Not the Kraken! Right? But, um, should I just jump into my story here for you? Yes, uh, let's, let's hear all about the Kraken. All right. And how it terrorizes the, the Swedes, you said? Yeah, yeah, the, the Swedes and, um, basically everybody who's from a Nordic country. So, like, <laughs> there's a, there's a few. Um, but today's story is short and sweet for you guys. So I hope you will enjoy it as a treat. Um, I know I will. So, after returning from Greenland, the anonymous author of the old Norwegian natural history works Konugs Skugsja from... (laughs) How eloquent. (laughs) Thanks. From uh, the year 1250, 
described in detail the physical characteristics and feeding behavior of these beasts. The narrator proposed that there must only be two in existence, stemming from the observation that the beasts have always been sighted in the same parts of the Greenland Sea, and that each seemed incapable of reproduction as there was no increase in their numbers. So, there is a fish that is still unmentioned, which is scarcely advisable to speak about on account of its size, because it will seem to most people to be uh, too incredible. There are only a few who can speak upon it clearly because it is seldom near land nor appears where it is uh, where it may be seen by fishermen. And I suppose there are not many of this sort of fish in the sea. Uh, so I should have probably prefaced that like this part that I'm reading is like a part of a quote. So this is from the, the, the narrator of the book that I mentioned in the beginning. So got it. Uh, most often in our tongue, we call it a half, half goofa, <laughs> half goofa. I don't know, um, which translates to Kraken, and uh, nor can I conclusively speak about its length in L's, because the times he has shown before men, he has appeared more like land than like a fish. Neither have I heard that one has been caught or found dead, and it would seem to me as though there must be no more than two in the oceans, and I deem that each is unable to reproduce for itself, for I believe they, are, they, have, they have always been the same ones." Then, too, neither would it of other fish if the hafgufa were of such a number as other whales, on account of their vastness and how much sustenance that they would need. It is said to be the nature of these fish that when one shall desire to eat, that it stretches up to its neck in a great belching, and following this belching comes forth much food, so that all kinds of fish that are near to hand will have to come to the present location, then will gather together, both small and large, believing that they shall obtain this food, and they're good eating, but this great fish lets its mouth stand open in the while, and while the gap is no less wide than uh, than that of a great sound or bite, uh, and nor the fish avoid running together, there, <laughs> there are in great numbers. Okay, you can tell this is translated because it feels like a little bit more like blah, blah, blah than normal, but I'll explain afterwards. So. Got it. Uh, but as soon as its stomach and mouth is full, then it locks together its jaws, and all the fish are caught and enclosed. That before greedily came there looking for food. Okay. So what that quote means is that basically in this book, this guy's like, half goofa means the kraken. The kraken, he has food in his mouth. I eat, he goes to the surface of the ocean, and he's like, Bleh, and spits up his old food everywhere all the fish are like dang son i'm hungry i'm gonna eat all of this kraken vomit and then they go up there and the kraken's like ha gotcha bitch and it eats all of the fish that are eating its vomit and that is how it feeds that is heckin root like first you vomit and then you're gonna eat me yeah first you vomit, vomit in my ocean and then you eat me for cleaning up your mess <laughs> that's just Self-entitled is the word that comes to mind. Literally. And he says that uh, apparently there's only two of them in existence. Oh. So this is supposed to be the first document, like, proper documented case case of uh, of a sighting of the Kraken. And that it's, ah. it's kind of setting the, the land for its behaviors and, like, and, like, all that stuff. So... Right. Right. So in the late 13th century version of the old, old Icelandic Sava... Orvar Odor 
there is a inserted episode of a journey bound for Heluland, which is Baffin Island, in which the protagonists uh, go through the Greenland Sea, and there they spot two massive sea monsters called the Hafgufa, which, uh, I guess Hafgufa, so that's what they call the Kraken, but it also, like, the word itself translates to sea mist. And, right. and uh, Lingbacker, which means heatherback, and the Hafgufa is believed to be a reference to the Kraken, which we kind of already went over. So basically, mm-hmm. there was that first one that I talked about with the quote from the book about the Kraken, and that's the first one. And then after that, there was a, another book that was written that used uh, the, the two Kraken from the original story in their story. So then it's, it's kind of getting passed down through like other, other people's retellings now. Makes sense. Usually how folklore goes, I guess. Right? So, now I will tell you that there are two sea monsters. So, what they did is they took the, the two names that they'd given the Kraken, so the Half-Gufa and then the Lindbacker, and then they gave it to each one of the sea monsters, because there, there's apparently only two Kraken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of them is the Half-Gufa, the other one is the Lindbacker. And uh, they apparently have very distinct distinctions. So, um... The Lindbacker is supposed to be look is supposed to be the largest whale in the world, whereas the half Gufa is the largest monster in the world. So even oh. though they're both supposed to be kraken of a of a type, the Lindbacker is actually supposed to be more similar to a whale, which is why the kraken, when they describe it, is more similar to like a squid before they really knew that there were giant squids in the deep ocean. Right. It is the nature of this creature to swallow men and ships, and even whales, when and everything else within reach. It stays submerged for days, then rears its head and nostrils above the surface, and stays that way uh, at least until the t- change of the tide. Now that sound we just sailed through was the space between its jaws, and its nostrils and the lower jaw were those rocks that appeared in the sea, while the Lindbacker was the island we saw sinking down. So... Uh, for that part, um, it, it's like another dis- it's another description that's supposed to distinct the two. So whereas people would see the kraken, they would note that its like teeth looked like the rocks off a shore, and like uh, and like uh, it was just so big that you would be able to mistake the two. Whereas the lindbacker, the one that's supposed to be a whale, was the size of an island. I think that's a pretty big difference, <laughs> right? And it's like okay, one's got enormous rock-sized teeth, so big fucking mouth, then the other one is literally the size of an island. So it's like, well, they both are, they both are pretty scary in their own right, I guess. Both spooky, different ways. Exactly. So, uh, however, Augmund Tussock has sent these creatures to you by means of his magic to cause the death of you and all of your men. He thought that more men would have gone the same way as those that had already drowned. Um, and he expected the half-goofa to have swallowed us all, us all. Today, I sailed through its mouth because I knew that it had recently surfaced. So basically, um, kind of going back to the first story, how people... So how this individual who the for the paragraph I just read was describing it is that people often met their end with the half goofa not because the half goofa was trying to eat them but more because they sailed into its mouth without knowing thinking it was a part of the ocean while it was feeding on fish mm. and then 
it like closes its mouth on them. Aww. The ha- the half Goopa slash Kraken is just misunderstood. See, he doesn't actually want to eat people. He's just like, you swam into my mouth. Like, I fit- I thought you wanted to be eaten. You were volunteering. I wasn't going to deny you of what you want. Like, clearly, if you did not want to be eaten, you would not have sailed into my mouth. Like, that. that is what I'm understanding here. Yeah, like, this is on you, my guy. Right? So, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting that there's these distinctions because I've never really heard of them. But, I don't know. So, before I continue on with my my little last bit of my story here, which one... Which one do you th- do you think you're more afraid of, the the half goofa or the linbacker? Which one has the rock teeth? <laughs> That's the the half goofa. Hmm. See, I would have said him, but like it just seems like he's misunderstood. So maybe the 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 island sized one. Yeah. See, and it's weird though because they never describe how people die from the linbacker. So I'm assuming that people dock on him and they're like, "Hey, look at this island," and then maybe they drown. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that sounds scary. Just you think you're having a nice campfire on a an island, and then all of a sudden it sinks. Sounds spooky. That would definitely be spooky. I feel. But like... I think accidentally sailing into a creature's mouth would be equally scary. So. Right? They're they're both terrifying in their own right. Which one are you more afraid of? I don't know. See, I wanted to say the half goofa because of the whole like sailing into their mouth by accident and and then chompa chompa. But uh I don't know. See, thinking that you're safe on an island and then it just sinks because it's actually a giant creature, that would also be hella terrifying. See, but with the half goopa, you might get lucky and it might just throw you up eventually. <laughs> to feed other fish that it's then gonna eat the circle of yeah. life so y- you might get thrown up so at least you have a chance right see i don't know definitely lots <laughs> to think about you know email us and tell us what you guys think that yeah right or tweet us and then uh we'll see <laughs> we'll, we'll try and figure out how to use twitter yeah i'll try to learn how to decipher a tweet <laughs> <laughs> God, I feel old. Um, but I will just finish up this last part of my story here for you, and then uh, and then we'll see if your opinion on the half goofa and the Lindbacker changes. Okay. The famous Swedish 18th century naturalist Carl Linus included the kraken in the first edition of the Systematic Natural Catalog of the Systema Natura, Natura from 1735. There he gave the animal the scientific name Microsmus, um, but omitted it in later editions. Uh, Kraken were extensively described by Eric Pontopiden, the Bishop of Bergen, in his Det Forst Forsog pa Norges Naturlig History, which is the first attempt at a natural history of Norway, and that was written in Copenhagen in the year 1752. Wow. So, right? So, Pontopiden... made several claims regarding the Kraken, including the notion that these creatures were sometimes mistaken for an island. So it's going back to the whole, like, stories of the Lindbacker and the half... What What was I saying? I was doing so well there. Half, half Goofa. Half Goofa. So now, 
as time has progressed, they've kind of glommed them together to make what we recognize as, like, the, the Kraken Kraken. Right. Uh, he made several claims regarding the Kraken, including the notion that it was sometimes mistaken for an island, right, like the Lindbacher, and that the real danger to sailors was not the creature itself, but rather the whirlpool that it left in its wake. So that's... That's probably how the Lindbacher was killing people. As it sank, it created a giant whirlpool that sucked people in and drowned them. Well, I don't love that. See, that do, that do be making more sense, though. Still scared of it, though. Giant whirlpool. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> however, Ponto Pidon also described the destructive potential of the giant beast and said, It is said that if the creature's arms were to lay hold of the largest man of war, they would pull it down to the bottom of the sea. So, according to Ponto Pidon, Norwegian fishermen often took the risk of trying to fish over the kraken, since the catch was so plentiful uh, from the, the half-goof, right? From that yeah. whole thing that I described. So, hence the saying, you must have fished on the kraken. So, Ponto Pidon also proposed that the, speci- uh, the specimen of the monster, perhaps a young and careless one, was washed ashore and died at the Al- Alstahog, in 1680. By 1755, Pontipiden's description of the Kraken has been translated into English. So, Swedish author Jacob Wallenberg described the Kraken in a 1781 work, uh, Min Son Pa Gael John, so My Son on the Gallery. Uh, the Kraken, also sometimes called the Crabfish, uh, which is not that huge for heads and tails counted. He is no larger than our, so this is a an excerpt from Jacob Wahlberg's book. Um, So that's where he's calling it, the crabfish. Uh, Is no larger than our our, our Oland in its wide, so less than 16 kilometers. Um, And he stays on the seafloor, constantly surrounded by innumerable small fishes who serve as his food and are fed by him in return for his meal. Um, So... If I so this isn't me. This is written in here. It says, if I remember correctly, what E. Pontipiden writes, uh, it lasts no longer than three months, and are another three it needs to digest. His excrements nurture in the following a army of lesser fish, and for this reason, fishermen plumb after his resting place. Gradually, the kraken ascends to the surface, and when he is ten to twelve fathoms. The boats had better move out of his vicinity, as he will shortly thereafter burst up like a floating island, spurting water from his dreadful nostrils and making ring waves around him, which can reach many miles. Could uh, one doubt that this is the Leviathan of Job? So they're making, they're basically saying that this description of the Kraken is also very comparable to other works that people had already written, like in history. So one of them is... uh, the Leviathan of Job. So Job wrote a story also where it was a similar description of a creature, but he called it the Leviathan. Right. In 1802, the French um, malacologist Pierre-Denis de Montfort recognized the existence of two kinds of giant octopus in the Histoire Naturelle Générale de et Perculier des Molecules. I'm very French, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 je ne sais quoi. Oh, 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 oui, oui, oui. 
Um, (laughs) An encyclopedic description of mollusks. So Monfort claimed that the first type, the Kraken octopus, had been described by Norwegian sailors and American whalers, as well as ancient writers such as Pliny the Elder. The much larger second type, the colossal octopus, was reported to have attacked a sailing vessel from St. Malo off the coast of Angola. Monfort later dared more sensational claims. He proposed that 10 British warships, including the captured French ship of the line, the the Ville de Paris, which had mysteriously disappeared one night in 1782, must have been attacked and sunk by a giant octopi. The British, however, knew, courtesy of a survivor from the Ville de Paris, that the ships had been lost in a hurricane off the coast of Newfoundland in September 1782, resulting in a disgraceful revelation for Monfort. So, wow. Yes, so basically uh my my summary of that for you guys is that the Kraken is not not what we actually know. There's actually two of them and they're supposed to be very different. And there is only two Kraken. There there has never been more than two and they will there will never be less than two because apparently they're still claimed to be around or alive nowadays. Hmm. Right? So you believe in the Kraken? Do you believe in the Kraken? Um, <laughs> I don't know. See, I feel like there's definitely lots of things, though, that we don't know. Especially, like, there's, like, a whole thing about the Marianas Trench where they keep trying to send probes down there and something keeps eating them. And, it, and like, taking bite marks out of, like, their vessels and stuff. So, I don't know. I feel like it is possible that something, like, you know, humongous could be could be out there and we might not know what it is and maybe it's just one of the two krakens who's to say kraken number one or kraken number two who's to say who's to say which one's hungry this day which ones i feel like they're both probably hungry all the time i feel like you cannot be that size and not just be hungry all the time that's all you'd spend your time doing is trying to find something to eat you know what doesn't sound like such a bad life right um, but I don't know. What about you? What do you think of the Kraken? Is, is, are the Krakens real? Are they out there? I want to look up quickly what the Kraken is supposed to look like versus the other one. Yeah, the, the half goofa versus the Lindbacker. Yeah. Yeah, because the half goofa is supposed to be more like octopus squid-like and then the, the half goofa is supposed to be more like a whale. As far as I can tell. I don't know. I don't really have a good mental picture for either of them. But I kind of assume that the Lindbacker looks like a sperm whale or something. Whereas, like, the the half goofa is a giant squid. Is what I, is That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So the half goofa looks like this. Interesting. <laughs> you're, like, doing your research. You're like, hmm... Which one do I think is cuter? <laughs> the Lindbacker? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to spell it out for you? Yeah. It is L-Y-N-G-B-A-K-R. Which I probably mispronounced, but it's Gucci. Holy heck, it looks like a, a, a blue whale, but... With an island on top. Oh, this one looks scary. See, I feel like the Lindbacker... Did you ever watch, like, the cartoon movie Pinocchio? Uh, yeah. 
So you know how the fish, or not the fish, oh my god, you know that the whale that eats, like, his, like, ship, and it's got, like, it's, like, super ferocious looking, and it's got, like, these really long, like, crazy teeth? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the Lindbacker. I just sent you a picture of... Oh, Jesus the... Christ! I don't like that at all! Could you imagine docking literally where its mouth is? That would be the worst thing ever. Uh, yeah. All right, Jen, what do you think? Which one, which one's scarier now that you've seen a picture of both of them? They both be looking pretty spooky, not gonna lie. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I think I'm more afraid of the half goofa. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. We'll put up a picture on our Instagram and uh, we'll let you guys decide which one you're more afraid of. Yeah, we'll do uh, the the pictures Jen sent me. We'll do like a little 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 comparison so that you can see what we saw. But yeah, no, um, I definitely uh would don't um, yeah, I don't like that half goofa, not one bit. No, he 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 be looking scary. He be holding a submarine like a knife, literally. And then like the Lindbacker, see, he's spooky too. But I feel like I would definitely like poop my pants if I saw the half goofa in comparison to the Lindbacker. At least on the Lindbacker, you could just, like, go onto its back and uh, hopefully be alright for a little and bit. And pray. <laughs> Whereas the half Goofa, I feel like... It's all teeth. Um, it's all teeth and arms. He's gonna get you. As soon as you encounter, you're fucked. Literally. But, uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode, though. Our, our, it does. The end of our first episode back. Woo! The end. Yes. Uh, if you liked today's episode, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It does help us with uh, with charting and all these different types of stuff so that we can reach out to new listeners. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you like our content, we will be putting stuff up there. Um, if you would like to help support us, we also have a Patreon at uh, Wheel of Crime. So all of our handles are at Wheel of Crime. And uh, if you would like to reach out to us through email and say something cool or share a personal story, our email is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. Um, do I, am I forgetting any plugins? It's been a while. Uh, we have a website, www.wheelofcrime.com, where you can find all of the things that Emily just mentioned, all in one nice little, little spot on the internet. Yeah, a nice little internet package. Um, and... Yes, all of our uh, most recent episodes do get uploaded onto there, too, if you would like to check that out. And, yeah, I'm I'm feeling like there's not really anything else that I was supposed to say, but I can't really remember right now. It's been a while. We'll figure it out eventually again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? All right. Well, um, I guess this is Emily signing off. We'll We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. See you guys next week for another new episode. Yes. See you soon. Bye. Bye.